This is Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, and this is the Retirement Ready Show. Our goal is to educate you on the many topics of retirement and inform you how to create a successful Retirement Ready Roadmap. Thank you for joining me today for another episode where we will make your Retirement Ready Roadmap simple. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner, and you're tuned in to the Retirement Ready Show. I am joined by my buddies, Brad Allen, Randy Winkler. How's everybody doing? Doing great. How are you? Great, Tony. Good, good. Dialed uh, for the holidays? Oh, yeah. Yeah, got my ugly sweater, uh, my stretchy pants. You know, I'm ready to go. Nice. You got it down, (laughs) Brad. I I got it. Yeah. Like a checklist. Yeah. Pilot has a checklist. You have your checklist for the holidays. Right. Yeah. I like it. Uh, What kind of bacon dish am i making this year you know and it has to have bacon in it is that the point. theme it's so a, a, no just what's your, on the docket the theme you? of my life have yeah. you decided what uh, your bacon dish will be uh, it, the chestnuts are always a good option you know just wrap them up put a toothpick in there and good to go last i'll tell year, you uh, sorry go ahead randy i was gonna say last year i got a bacon ornament which hangs on our tree there now. You go. <laughs> really? nice. i love it i love it <laughs> tell you a quick funny story so my, my parents are uh, both factory workers and uh, we didn't have much money and for you know but it was really important to them in college that we spent a semester overseas and they paid for that. Mm-hmm. We could pick anywhere we wanted in the world. It couldn't be in the United States. And I was the oldest of three. I picked uh, Southern France. My sister went to uh, Africa and my brother went to Brazil. So we picked very different places in the world, but it was incredible. Learned about different cultures and history, but I didn't speak much French when I got there. And, um, but I, I kind of befriended, there was a couple of young kids in our, it was a very small town. I lived in the foothills of the Alps and we played ball. And one time the parents invited me in the house and we were literally roasting chestnuts over an open fire. <laughs> it was pretty like, <laughs> nice. you know, it was kind of just like, I felt like I was in a movie. Yeah. I'd never seen that before. Was there they had bacon? a special pan and a fireplace. Was and, there bacon involved? No bacon. No. Just, oh, okay. just roasting chestnuts. I'm interested. Yeah. yeah. Just roasting <laughs> chestnuts. I've never seen a chestnut outside of bacon. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Got to expand your horizons, buddy. Yeah. All right. Welcome to the travel show and specialty in chestnuts. But now we have a great topic this week. We want to talk about Social Security. I think, guys, there's a lot of different misconceptions, myths, some things to really think about when it comes to Social Security. It's such an important part of an overall retirement plan. But there is a lot of things you can miss. And I think, Brad, to, especially in today's economy, there's some challenges to think about. Absolutely. I mean, ask anybody about uh, their financial concerns in retirement. And they're going to talk about things like inflation, the, the stock market ups and downs, and the rising taxes that may be coming in the future here. So what might come as a surprise is how to optimize your Social Security benefits. That could turn out to be the best way to manage a lot of these different, uh, different areas where people are struggling. You know, with its automatic cost of living adjustment, Social Security is scheduled to go up 8.7% in 2023. That's a big bump compared to what it has been in the past. There's been years, I, I think it was 2015, guys, where it was zero. You know, there was no cost of living increase because inflation was very low, but that just shows you where we are right now in our economy. So you can't plan for 8.7% every single year. You know, in our plan, we use very, you know, uh, very low COLA adjustments just to kind of plan for it. But many people have some portion of their retirement accounts invested in the stock market because historically this has provided good growth over, over the long term. The challenge right now is that if the market's going down and they're too aggressive in the market, how far do they go down before? 
before it starts coming back up? And is that a forever loss, right? So I think Social Security, you should add, it should be part of your income plan. And, and when you talk about income planning, it's not just, you know, where are you invested? It's where do you draw money from in retirement? Do you have different buckets? Do you have a, a, a bucket that you're going to draw from early in retirement versus later in retirement? Are you doing any kind of tax strategies? But also, where does Social Security fit into that, right? Are you going to take it right away at 62? Or does it make more sense to wait till full retirement or beyond because you're in such a low tax bracket early in retirement that you want to draw from a 401k or an IRA or something like that instead? So income planning is often, Tony, one of the things I see that's missed a lot when people come in. It's, I've saved all this money, now what? Yeah, really important to think about that. I think, Brad, too, there's been a lot of news lately about COLA adjustments. There's some misunderstandings around that, although the COLA adjustment was pretty hefty this year. Mm -hmm. It was a nice one. But but there is some misconceptions when it comes to those cost of living increases. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the COLA adjustments, it's tough, right? You look at every year. The, the reason why there is a COLA adjustment is because inflation is so high. You know, the cost of living adjustments are made on a yearly basis. Um, usually we use about 1.18% as kind of the, the overall looking forward. You know, you don't want to put it too high because you can't rely on that on a yearly basis. But, you know, a lot of people are talking about this inflation is going to stick around for a while and, and, and the interest rates keep going up, you know. So um, it should be part of your retirement plan, but it should not be the only part of it. Uh, you know, COLA adjustments are going to be there on a yearly basis. You know, with a 8.7% COLA, the average benefit is going to increase next year from 1681 to 1827 per month. That's an extra 146 bucks a month. You know, that's nothing to sneeze at. Consider that the maximum Social Security benefit, if, if somebody waits till the maximum time that they can, it's going to increase from $3,345 per month to $3,627 per month. That's an extra $282 a month. So, you know, there's always questions about should I maximize it? Should I take it early? Should I take it later? You know, it's a question that you should ask your advisor. And if your advisor tells you, I don't do anything with Social Security, you need to go find somebody who works with that. Well, I mean, that's that should be a big part of your plan, right? An advisor should be covering that. They should be covering taxes. They should be covering a lot of different areas because all these different areas intertwine. They all work together. And what you do in one area is going to affect four other areas later on down the road that maybe you can't see today, but it will have an impact. And even the smallest mistakes in Social Security can end up being much bigger mistakes later. Great points, Brad. And it does really need to be an active part of your retirement plan. I mean, think about it. You know, Brad, I always like when you talk about it as an asset. And it's tough to find any, I don't know that you even could find a guaranteed investment, you know, that's going to grow at 6% and 8%. Of course, Social Security, early retirement to full grows 6% a year, full to, to 70 grows at 8% a year. So sometimes thinking about that as an asset and how to better, you know, arrange the order of the income is important. And an income plan, we meet so many people from all over the country that, you know, for the most part, their investments are in pretty good shape. But they have no idea where they're going to take their income from, from what account and what order. Simply getting that right can make a big difference. I had a couple I met with just a couple weeks ago. And, and my first thing I did, the only thing I did initially was I changed the order of withdrawal, added about nine years to the longevity of their portfolio. So it can make a big difference. Randy, I know I, I love this analogy, this way to think about it, because it really does make sense. 
and, and oftentimes in our industry for many decades, we've thought about the income as the three-legged stool. Yeah, that three-legged stool of retirement income, it was personal savings and investments, uh, social security and pensions. So pensions for the most part have gone away. A lot of companies have decided to stay in the business they're in and not be in the business to manage investments and take care of that. Um, but it's put a lot more personal responsibility on the individual because they don't have that pension to, to fall back on. Also puts a lot more strain on those two remaining legs. So a three-legged stool is much more stable than a two-legged stool, but it, you have to factor in how to work the most benefit out of your social security strategy and your investment strategy. How do they work together? When do you draw from each one? How does it affect the different pieces? Because you're affecting taxes, Medicare premiums. There's so many other things that come in. There's some there's some landmines you can step on if you if you don't factor it all in to the, to one plan. Yeah, having that in a plan is, is so important. And there are so many different ways, Brad, that you can turn that on. You know, but but I I think doing that the right way makes a big difference. One of the myths we hear quite a bit is this idea about breaking even. Mm-hmm. So there's some myths around there as well. Yeah, you hear the break even point, right? And, and and the idea of a break even point is if I wait till 70 to take social security, that's the longest I can wait. But how long does it take me to recoup what I would have gotten had I taken it earlier? And a lot of times, if you do the math on that, it's about 82 years old. So the question is, will I live that long uh, to recoup what I would have gotten had I taken it earlier? But there's a myth regarding that break even you know, point when it comes to married uh, spouses, right? When you're trying to figure out as a married couple, when should we take our social security? You should think about that from a longevity standpoint, because one out of the two spouses might live to 100 years old, and you want to make sure that that person will be taken care of later on down the road. The thing with social security is that the higher of the two is the one that stays when one spouse passes. So oftentimes, if I have a, a, a couple in the office and we're looking at a social security plan or a strategy moving forward, usually what I'll do is I'll take whoever has the higher of the two benefits. It's going to make more sense for that person, whether it's the husband or wife, to, to let theirs grow at 6 or 8% per year. So remember, social security goes up 6% per year from, your, uh, from 62 to your full retirement age. And then full retirement age to 70, it goes up 8% per year. Not a lot of places in the world right now, you can get a guaranteed 6 or 8%. So it is something to consider. But the higher of the two is the one that stays when one spouse passes. So if the higher of the two can get theirs as high as possible, that's going to be there for the remaining spouse to hedge against inflation into the future, those kind of things. But if you go with that strategy and you're going to have one spouse, let's say the wife has a higher uh, uh, social security benefit and she's going to wait till 70, well, I'd probably have the husband then maybe take it as early as 62 or, or whenever it makes sense for them to take it, but earlier in retirement, because as a couple, they'll get more out of it by one person waiting, the other person taking it right away and getting it for a longer period of time. Generally speaking, it's not going to make sense for both spouses to wait as long as possible. You want to mix it up a little bit and just figure out in your plan, where is this income going to come from? Is it going to be the smaller of the two or both of them turning it on right away, or maybe both waiting a little bit so they can do bigger tax strategies, those kind of things. It can make a difference too, depending on the age gap between the spouses. So my wife and I are always away from social security, but right now, based on the current rules, our plan is for my wife, who's seven years younger, to start at 62, I'll wait till 70. So we have the cash flow uh, from her benefit and we get the maximum benefit for when one of us is gone by me waiting till 70. 
Uh, that plan has actually changed a couple of times over the years because they keep changing the rules, so it's <laughs> dynamic. But it's good to take a look at it, and everyone's situation is very different and individual. And to be able to plug all that in and see what at factors is, uh, is it, I think it gives some peace of mind. You know, you're getting the, the um, most bang for your buck. Hey, podcast fans. If you're ready to take the next steps to create your retirement-ready roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow us and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now back to the podcast. And you might, certainly people tuning in might be feeling a little bit overwhelmed because part of the problem is Social Security is so complicated. And now we're talking about, you know, what order am I taking income out? What are the tax advantages, benefits? How does it grow? You know, it it can turn to just uh, numbers swirling in your head. But that's where a great fiduciary can help. We have a great tool, and that's a complimentary process with us. If you're interested, you can visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. But we can help you kind of take a look at that Social Security and see, you know, what is the best strategy and how, to your point, Randy, how does it best work in with all the other parts and pieces of your plan? And, and, and I think this idea, you know, I'd like to think about, you know, kind of instead of retirement plan, I like to use the term retirement planning because this isn't something we said at the beginning of your retirement. You just brought up, brought up a great point. Things change. The requirement of distribution rules change. Tax laws change. I would imagine we're going to see Social Security changes down the road. So, you know, you need to have something that kind of ebbs and flows, makes mid-course corrections. And you really want to be partnered up with a fiduciary advisor that's going to make those changes throughout your retirement, not kind of etch it in stone in the beginning and set it and forget it. You know, I remember, Tony, uh, I I can't remember how many years it was, but I think it was back in 2014 or so. um, They made some changes to Social Security with the spousal benefits. And we have clients all over the country, right? But uh, I remember at that time, Yahoo Finance contacted you to talk about these, these getting rid of the spousal benefits, these kind of things. And it went all over the country. It was on their main website. And do you remember how many calls we got that week? It was insane, Brad. You know, and it was kind of in the earlier half of my career, at least. And today, we, we've just been so fortunate. I mean, so many media outlets reach out to us and ask us to to share on different topics. But that was one of my ones in the early days. And, and I just had no concept of what might happen. And so we did this little piece, and originally it was going to be just on Yahoo Finance, and they ended up putting it on their main page, and other you know outlets picked it up, and Brad, I don't remember if it was hundreds or thousands yeah. of emails we got, but you know I'm just the kind of guy I felt even though you know these weren't clients of ours, I felt obligated to answer the questions, so we were all pounding away, and I think remember that the, I think that was right around when you, you came yeah, on board uh, with us. Yeah, it was uh, yeah drinking from a fire hose when I started here. Yeah. <laughs> like, Brad, get on the email. <laughs> right. I think that's the first time they call that going viral. I think you went viral. Maybe, maybe I point. went viral, yeah. yeah. And I didn't even have to do a TikTok dance. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> My kids like TikTok. You guys do TikTok? Uh, no. My wife does. She watches a lot of cat videos. Every yeah. once in a while, I'll see Walter is her big fan. She's like, look at Walter. Yeah. So yeah. we might end up with a fourth cat at some point. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> what's the what's the deal there? Are they going to ban that or just let the Chinese spy on us or what's the plan? You know, I, I don't know. I, I Actually, it's funny. I watched a video on it last night and um, how different countries, how TikTok is much different in different countries than it is in ours as far as the time that 
kids under 14 can be on it. There's time limits. and uh, I read something interesting, too, along those lines, Brad. It it was a little bit different, but it was talking about these algorithms. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think China does a really good job at playing the long ball game where our, you know, kind of politics and direction is shorter because of these election cycles, right, and changes of power and that kind of stuff. But so in the United States, these algorithms reward these kids doing these silly dances and kind of nonsensical stuff that don't really promote anything. Mm -hmm. In China, TikTok, the algorithms reward math, science science projects, kind of these STEM things, which is if you want to affect a generation of kids, you want them to be smart and educated, and you want other countries to be doing silly dances, I suppose. (laughs) So um, pretty, uh, pretty manipulative, but scary. It is, you know, and with the the kids these days, you know, and and that's all they're doing. And I don't know. I I got rid of all that stuff just to answer that. I don't have Facebook or any of that kind of stuff. I just want to, you know. I can't tweet you. Can I tweet you? You No, I don't. I don't. I've never had uh, Twitter. Yeah. I don't know know how Twitter works, but back to our our topic. (laughs) Um, I I think another thing, Brad, that would be great to clear up for folks, there's some misconceptions about working in Social Security and, Mm -hmm. you know, what you can do, what you can't do, what are the penalties and, you know, lots of things to consider. There is. And and many people who are collecting their Social Security benefits would like to or need to at this point keep working. But they're worried that for every $1 they earn in employment, they will see a $2 reduction in their benefits uh, without knowing the details uh, about how it actually works. So there are a couple myths here. First, any possible benefit reduction only occurs when a person has not yet reached their full retirement age. And and full retirement age is going to be a little bit different for everybody. It's based on your birth date, but it's anywhere right now at least from 65 to 67 years old. Um, Second, those who do reach their full retirement age, um, they can earn a little bit more. So in 2023, so next year, if you're from 62 to your full retirement age, you can earn up to $21,240 per year before they start taking away any of your social security benefits. So again, you can make $21,240 and take social security at the same time without it affecting that. In the year that you reach your full retirement age, you can earn up to $56,520 with no reduction in benefits. And then after that year, you can make as much as you want and take Social Security at the same time. So it is kind of looking at, number one, do you need to take Social Security if you're working? You know, a lot of people will have the, the plan to do that, but then we'll have a quick conversation about what is the, what is the why behind that, right? Do you need it? Is it something you need right now or is it something that you just want to have? And if you don't need it, it probably makes sense if you're going to keep working to let your Social Security grow and have that be a bigger benefit once you retire. So it's just having that conversation. I was just talking to somebody uh, in Florida about this. We, we have this program, uh, Social Security program, where we can go through all 500 different ways that you can take it. And it shows mathematically what is the best way you could do it. You know, just from a mathematical standpoint, not including any other assets or those things, but just looking at Social Security versus how much would it be if you took it right away and how much would you be giving up in the long run by doing it that way? And it's pretty interesting to see that. I mean, I think that's a good first step is to look at Social Security and those strategies. But then you have to take that and you have to tie it in with everything else that you have from a tax perspective, an income perspective. All these different things make a difference. Um, 
and again, you know, I always say it pretty much every week, but think about social security as another asset you've been pouring money into your whole life, just like your IRAs. Now you have to figure out how to take that money out in the best way possible. And Randy, there's also some opportunities. I mean, I think, you know, like it or not, divorce is a very prevalent part of our society. And there's some opportunities for people that have been divorced that might provide more social security income. I like to call it Uncle Sam pays alimony. Yes, and it's uh, it comes to a great surprise for a lot of people. If you were married for more than 10 years, uh, you have the option to draw on your ex-spouse's benefits. And uh, they don't even need to know about it. It's not going to affect their benefits. Uh, whether you had a very uh, nice divorce or not, it, it doesn't affect it whatsoever. But it's something to factor in. I, uh, I worked with a woman about 20 years ago now that she had been married three times each for more than 10 years. So we worked with her. She had the option to draw on any one of those three benefits or her own. So it actually wow, gave her more options. Incredible story. Uh, yeah. So she had a, uh, it was it was very interesting to, to go through all those different scenarios. And she was concerned, well, what if they find out or what if they turn theirs off? I'm like, no, they, it's, it's not affected. It's all, Social Security has all those numbers. Spouses didn't even have to be taking it yet, which is actually some benefit there that you don't have when you're married. If you're, if you're married and you're uh, going to take the half of the spousal benefit, the spouse has to already be drawing social security that they don't have that rule with divorce so in an odd way they make divorce more appealing for from a social security standpoint than being married well you know and and i think in some ways it's nice if there was a spouse that maybe stayed at home so they didn't have the income in their lives that they're still protected if something happens to them later in life and and again i think it boils down to just really working with a fiduciary that can really help you make this an active part of your plan not some afterthought or something you kind of have a gut feeling so you go for it or you just automatically turn it on at a certain age that might be the right answer but let's analyze that with math and make sure that it makes sense And, and brad there's also a lot of things to think about from a taxation perspective yeah, just going back to the, the divorce benefit real quick, Randy, is, is, yeah, they get these benefits, but studies show that if you're a couple, you live longer, right? So there you go. I'm, I'm here to keep people together today, yes. right? That's so, it. you know, you live a little bit longer in the long run. So. You wonder, like, coming, coming out of these COVID times, everybody was quarantined. Yeah. Or- those numbers the divorce of rates go up or <laughs> I know early I actually just read a funny article they they had it kind of guessed early on that the birth rates were going to go up and mm-hmm. they actually did not see that happen it went down yeah I yeah. did see a lot of people who after they were home for a while suddenly their idea of retirement changed yeah that's and a lot of sure. clients came back and said hey you know what I've kind of tried it I'm, I'm not ready for it uh, I want to push it back and keep working because mm-hmm. I didn't realize the social aspect and that I was getting out of my job. Yeah, it was funny. I had some clients that just loved the car ride to work. That was their time for coffee and their podcasts in the morning. So they'd be working from home, but they'd go drive around for half an hour before they started <laughs> just to kind of keep that same uh, same thing going. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned taxes. Uh, so the, the tax myths with Social Security, and there are some, right? A lot of people think Social Security is not taxable at all. Um, and that's not the case. It, it might be the case early on in retirement. It might be the case for some people in the long run for sure. But but Social Security is taxed based on your other income that you have. And where that can hurt in the long run, in your 70s, you have to start taking required minimum distributions. So if you've been a, a great saver and you have a lot of money built up in a 401k or a traditional IRA or any of those types of accounts, All that money is tax deferred, right? You haven't paid taxes on it yet. So at 72, the government starts making you take money out on a yearly basis. It's a percentage of the portfolio. It starts at about 4% and then it goes up every year after that. 
But that counts as other income, right? That's going to be included as income for the year. And the more other income that you have, the more they include as income from Social Security. So there's ways to look at that. In fact, the Social Security Administration estimates that about 56% of recipients owe income taxes on their benefits. And that taxable portion can be as high as 85%. And another costly myth impacts those people who automatically believe that nothing can be done to reduce those taxes. And I think if you're an avid listener of the show, we talk about it basically on a weekly basis right now, the tax strategies that are improving people's future or their financial futures uh, right now, things like Roth conversions and, and those kind of things. But the idea is let's try to get your RMDs as low as possible later by doing Roth conversions now so that we can keep your income lower and that also affects social security again the rmds being lower affects the the social security taxes those stay lower it can have impacts on your health care premiums you know all these things it's kind of like a snowball at the top of the mountain that gets bigger and bigger as it goes down unless you do something about it at that top of the mountain really important action is key when it comes to planning and you want to have an active plan social security is so important and great but it can also be complicated so it's really important to learn long-term retirement security is really dependent on having a plan optimizing your income and being tax efficient i know it can be frustrating trying to navigate all these rules and regulations but it's definitely worth the effort and this is why we help our clients with retirement planning we devote a lot of time to looking for ways to optimize the social security benefits and we'd be honored to do the same with you whether you're collecting benefits or not or concerned that you might not be getting all that you can reach out to us we'd love to help you we work with families all over the country You can see all those options and connect with us at retirementreadyshow.com. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your Retirement Ready Roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Drake & Associates LLC is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Advisory services offered through Drake & Associates LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Drake and Associates LLC is not permitted to offer. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Drake and Associates LLC.